Thanks for listening to Star Lores. If you like the show, please consider subscribing and giving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also help us make more great content by becoming a patron at www.patreon.com. We would also love to hear from you on social media. You can follow Star Lores on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you. You are listening to the Star Lores Podcast. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Why you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder? But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. folks welcome back to the millennial falcon today is a very special episode and we have a special guest uh but along with me are uh myself jordan christian and sam the regular guys um but also we have we're regular on the show but i don't know how christians bowels <laughs> we're not are. regular people <laughs> no christians all very regular up. very mediocre <laughs> and average Okay, um, uh, so we have Tim with us. Hey, Tim. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Tim is a uh, he's an indie filmmaker here in Calgary, mm-hmm. um, and he's uh, made a number of award-winning short films, uh, including War as Hell and a couple others. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tim is also one of the co-creators of a uh, viral Star Wars fan film called Rebel Scum. Yes, indeed. So, I thought it'd be uh, pretty cool to, yeah, I thought it'd be pretty cool to have uh, Tim on uh, the podcast to talk about Star Wars and Star Wars and film in general and and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. Uh, So, how's it going, Tim? Good, good. I'm uh, surviving this COVID pandemic. One day, people will listen back to this, and then it'll be very dated because we're talking about COVID. You know. Yeah. Yeah know what you're talking about with covid what did we decide it was in galactic epidemiology i think there's <laughs> it's the blue wing virus or something yeah no i'm i'm doing fine um you know just just drink your back date and you'll I'm be drinking fine. my back date uh nightly dipping in the back to tank getting that's all good too. up that's what we need is just back to tanks for everyone <laughs> yes yeah just take a dip a chicken in every pot and a back yeah. to tank in every <laughs> med center yeah, That's the new uh, 2020 running campaign for whatever office you want, and you'll get it when you run for the United States. Yeah, yeah, or the Galactic Empire. Or the Galactic. You'll run for Chancellor of the United States, and then turn it <laughs> into Supreme an Chancellor. That's how it goes. <laughs> the United States. Have you guys talked about the Jar Jar Binks theory that Jar he's? Binks. Um, we're gonna save that for I think an episode where we're gonna okay. talk about like. That's like your you can, you well, can Tim's kind up. of a good person to talk about this sort of thing with because it gets into like the fan fiction yeah. universe of Star Wars. Yeah, it's fan fiction. Well, is why don't like, you give us a quick shot of uh, the Darth Binks Star Star Wars theory? Well, the theory is that Jar Jar Binks is like um, was like the Sith Lord behind it all, and like there was like 
there was like, and you know how like conspiracy theories go, it just takes a nugget of something to run wild. But there was all of these like, I also got all this information from a YouTube compilation, so I can't (laughs) verify like how much of this is true. It's kind of good in a way. It's like your brain is the average. There was like all these clues that George Lucas intended for Jar Jar Binks to be um, like, what's his name? Um, Darth Sidious. No, no, no. Uh, Chancellor Palpatine. No, with a, it's a P, <laughs> but yes, I'm not as hardcore as Star Wars guys you think I am. Um, Plu, uh, oh, uh, you know him, yeah. He's like, I think I know who you're talking. What's he look Saint like? Saint Pastage? No, 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 he's only mentioned. Um, Chancellor or Plagueis. Yes, Plagueis. Oh, Darth yeah. Plagueis. So right. it was rumored that Jar Jar Binks is Plagueis, <laughs> and they made so the theory that is one. that George Lucas. He intended for Jar Jar Binks to like look like such an idiot because they they said so someone studied Jar Jar Binks movement and it um, it correlated really closely to like a form of like um, wushu or like some yeah it was almost like drunken master yeah like drunken master stuff and they the theory was because George Lucas is so much into like Buddhism and you know Taoism so the theory was that jar jar binks was like this drunken sith lord master and it would be revealed that he would be the sith lord in our episode one review i did do a quick jar jar kill count in the battle of naboo and he did get i think he i counted five kills he should have died in like in very quick succession (laughs) he killed he killed like five droids quote unquote by accident So he using that sort of drunken style. So he's like the drunken Sith Lord master. But because of how um, episode one was received so poorly and people just hated Jar Jar Binks, like they say that George Lucas had to completely go in a different direction because people just wouldn't take his work seriously anymore. (laughs) If Jar Jar Binks came out as a Sith Lord. So um, I think it would have been a a better redemption for for Jar Jar than to just be like an incompetent senator. Yeah. (laughs) I was really hoping in this the reboot or the the new trilogy they would have revealed Binks. I know. actually, I I was actually thinking actually how bad uh, Jar Jar was because he isn't he the one who like introduced the bill to to make yes. uh, Palpatine <laughs> Chancellor. That's also that's See, al- that's also par- part of the theory is that yeah. that Jar Jar yeah. is ultimately the person who's pulling the strings politically directly responsible. But even yeah. but for even Palpatine's if he, even if he yeah. isn't. Uh, Darth Jar Jar. He's still <laughs> a bad person, in my opinion. Yeah, like he just happened to stumble across these two Jedi's on Naboo, right? Like he's getting in with them. We all he's know there's no coincidences in Star Wars. Yeah, it's all there. You know, you just have to look. You gotta connect the dots, man. <laughs> it's dots. like any good conspiracy theory is this string of vaguely correlated events you found on a YouTube video, and you're like, it all makes sense. And then the moment where you're actually convinced. I think that's the best part of conspiracy theories because something changed inside of you where you're like, I believe now, yeah. you know, some part of you died, some part of you died, something was burned. You know, you can get to that place if you get a divorce or a DUI, it's also yeah, the same sort of place psychologically where you start turning that corner. Really? Yeah. I've, I've also thought about in some of the Star Wars comics, there is like, bad guys who are sort of disinformation agents on the side of the empire immediately Mm. after Palpatine's death. And they were sort of espousing conspiracy theorists that, but it was very clear that they were depicting them like the sort of David Icke reptilians are controlling the U S government that it's like, this was the, 
type of conspiracy these imperial guys were telling about the jedi and the republic right mm. like the republic is controlled by these space wizards with laser swords who can <laughs> sacrifice do, babies and yeah, secret temples and it's a good thing we exterminated them so mm. i do wonder what what the space alex jones looks like what species do you think oh, alex man. jones would be would he be like he's like boss nass He's a, yeah. he's a Gungan. <laughs> I'm also thinking, though, there's... Is it Rax? He's the guy from... I think he's first introduced in episode two. He's got four arms, and he's, like, green. Dexter Jetster. Is it Dexter he's, Jetster? He's not green. He's, like, a blue color, but yeah. But the four-armed Obi-Wan. Guy. <laughs> yes. I feel like he's a good he would Alex be a good Jones body yes. type. Because Alex Jones is, like, big, right? But he's, yeah. like... Yeah. No, he's powerful though. <laughs> like he's not. He has power. <laughs> you wouldn't want it's to mess his, with it's him. It's his voice too. Yeah. So he's de- he definitely doesn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But it's yeah, like... yeah. So Tim, Rebel yes. Scum, <laughs> <laughs> what inspired you to make that short film? Well, Rebel Scum, we knew that um, they were like not like rebooting but they were coming out with this whole new trilogy so there's lots of star wars hype sorry what year did it come out um did rebel scum come out rebel scum came out in 2015 if i remember correctly no 2016 i think it was before the prequels started coming yeah the sequels started coming out right Yeah. yeah so they um so we were kind of like uh what is it here yeah it was force awakens i think that came out in 2015 so um, we knew that that was coming out. There was lots of Star Wars hype around like remaking the trilogy. So um, we kind of there's wanted... a lot of nostalgia hype too around it because yeah. they were bringing back the classic characters and all that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. yeah, like people were going to see Leia again, Han Solo. So people are excited. People are probably going back watching Star Wars. It's kind of this new era. So I definitely like as soon as the announcement hit basically i started reading all the star wars legends novels again and like yeah. actually yeah. read plagius that was the first one i got back into mm-hmm. immediately after that so yeah I people are like probably running fell sp- victim to the nostalgia baiting that, yeah uh, like how many people probably did, did so star well. wars marathons leading up to the force awakens oh yeah so we were like knew this wave was coming so we kind of wanted to we're kind of like being a little bit predictive and being like, there's probably going to be a lot of buzz online about anything Star Wars. So if we put out a Star Wars fan film right now, it might like get good response and kind of go viral a bit. Um, Also, like we wanted to do one, another reason why we wanted to do Rebel Scum is it's set in Hoth and we were like, what's not in the market right now? Everything is like a fan film about a Jedi in a forest because that's pretty desert. Or a desert, yeah. Something that, like, you know, is close by and doesn't take a whole lot to do. So um, we just wanted to do... And also, we didn't want to do something about a Jedi. We wanted to do a film that was just about the smaller players in, you know, the Star Wars universe. But you didn't just pick Star Wars because it was, like, socially relevant. Like, you have a history with Star Wars personally, Yes, right? for yeah. sure. Yeah. You grew up watching the movies. And yeah, Tim and I, we've been friends for many, many years. Do mm-hmm. you have the Star Wars nerd cred? Is what is what <laughs> Christian's asking? Yeah, are you just capitalizing on innocent Star Wars fans? Are you a poser? <laughs> I'm not some director that Disney just hired who knows <laughs> nothing about Star Wars. No, yeah, like we were um, deeply rooted, steeped in the Star Wars culture and history. Um, we would just like read all the books, novels. One thing I really loved um, 
was just like reading those. They would have like these books that have just like data diagrams of like blasters and it was the essential know. guide yes books. the essential guide books and yeah. they had that for everything species and so that yeah. was like really fun to do as a kid um so this was like it's kind of a dream come true to actually like just make a star wars movie and to have it actually like kind of received like by the star wars like audience out there and um when we put it out there we were kind of it's scary to like release something star wars and then you know the fans will just like eat it up if it's not there you know, or, yeah. or accurate or whatnot, but, um, it was pretty well received and, um, yeah, grateful for the, is, is there like a star Wars, like, cause you kind of had, were you like trying to match the star Wars filmmaking style of like the original yes. uh, yeah. trilogy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like how would you do that? So we, I kind of rewatched, the trilogy again and i studied like the the camera work things that like people might not think makes it star wars but that do so a lot of star wars was filmed on sticks or they call tripods right because it was in the old days they had really heavy cam cameras nothing was handheld so everything was ecstatic so a lot of things are just like long shots and what i love about the long shots you just absorb all that the costumes the their setting and that's another thing that really makes star wars is just the setting that far, far away galaxy. Um, so we applied those techniques to um, Rebel Scum. We also like the camera and kind of the color grading. We really tried to mimic it as close to the originals. I was going to ask, did you shoot on film or digital? No, no. It would have you, been... You weren't that hardcore? <laughs> you didn't get a, a 90 pound? <laughs> the the environment we filmed it in was just so hostile that um, Christian was also there for that. Yeah, so it's just Iceland. Not bad. <laughs> Yeah, it was remoter the columbia ice fields yeah Yeah. it was very cold so we uh if we did shoot on film we couldn't risk i think on the coldest days what did it hit minus 30 yeah it it was yeah Yeah. the coldest days it was minus 30 plus there's wind chill it was like on a like a mountain glacier so yeah like we had fresh wind chill coming down and um it was like yeah pretty and we had had to like walk through trudge through snow with all the gear and everything Mm -hmm. to get to the spot you actually wanted to shoot Mm mm-hmm um, it's funny because just reading the YouTube comments, you should never read the YouTube comments, <laughs> but reading the YouTube comments, there are so many people who don't believe that you shot on location. I know they, people it's like, like green screens. <laughs> it's hilarious. They're yeah. like, no, there, there's no, there's no, uh, like you can't see the mist or steam coming yeah, out of their mouth. Yeah, they can't see their breath. And, like, and you know. like they were, they were so adamant <laughs> yeah. that we did not shoot on location. It's and that's so something funny. you stress is that like, yeah, we actually yeah. went to a snow field. We even and, have like, literal behind the scene pictures on our website. Yeah. And, yeah <laughs> people just refuse to believe yeah i just found it so funny that is hilarious that is yeah. hilarious actually but mm-hmm. it, it's funny like we've all been to that location if you yeah. live in yeah. calgary most people have been to that location mm-hmm. right it's the not funny like, thing is those are also the same commenters who are uh commenting on the moon landing videos probably, and going, that's, that's yeah. fake that was done in the studio yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buzz, buzz aldrin feels like now <laughs> i've been there i've seen it yeah so I don't know. I like the people who matter, they, they get it and they can like the comments I get where people kind of see another thing too, that people didn't understand was like, they, they looked at the, the animation of like the probe droid or the ATAT, and they're like, Oh man, that like CGI is awful. You know, that looks so bad. But 
we did real stop motion with like real models and we purposely not right. CGI. Yeah, we purposely <laughs> yeah. made it look clunky because we wanted yeah. it to mimic no, it, like it how like it the looked. original. And people yeah. loved it. They were yeah. like, that's I that's literally like from the movie, you know, like how it's moving and so yeah. It was actually your guys' brother, Jordan and Sam's brother. Yeah. That uh yeah. did the motion cap or not the motion capture, the uh, stop motion. That's right. For yeah. It. yeah. How a, long there's did a, there's it there's a blood take? tie here. <laughs> oh, so Josiah, me and Josiah worked on it for maybe I don't know. Just, like, just the just the stop motion animation segment. Yeah, that took like just so I would know better, but maybe like six months, yeah. <laughs> just in a garage, and for what like thirty seconds of footage. Yeah, there's not that much footage. It was, it. Um, but right. we had to go and we went a whole extra mile. So there's like a video on our YouTube channel that explains how we did the stop motion because it wasn't just stop motion. We like Josiah built a. This technology is like just becoming like popular now but josiah like i don't want to say he thought of it first because that would be crazy but <laughs> his idea was like let's build like a light box and project like photographs like a 360 photograph that we took on the day when we were filming there and then the the the, the atst miniature is in the light box sorry atat is in the, the light box <laughs> yeah the atta atta <laughs> and um then we project the images onto the light box and then it gives like a an accurate lighting so it's not just like we're trying to mimic lighting, it's the identical lighting to the day we were filming. So in order to get that with the stop motion, we had to like do it twice, the animation twice. Oh, and man. we decided to like do the stop motion in a really, we did like extra frames than was required. So it took like double the time. Let me just be the first to say that I don't believe you did any of that. <laughs> None of it is real. <laughs> yeah, show me some documentation. I couldn't see the breath on the ATAT. Another thing, um, I kind of noted, which I thought was made it almost distinct from a lot of other Star Wars fan films, mm. um, is actually the the lack of dialogue in a good way mm. yeah. uh, um, that existed. Was there like a, a reason for that, or you just didn't want to? It's kind of hard to get like really good actors who can <laughs> who can do dialogue well on film, or um. was it? Was it like uh, creative uh, limitations or was it you actually intended to do that? Yeah, there was like two things. One was creative, creative limitations. So my older brother, Paul, he's like a screenwriter. He wasn't very so much available at this time to help me on this project. So um, I am like a writer, but I'm not I wouldn't say like dialogue. Writing dialogue is like my strength. Like I'm more so directing and, you know, on the post-production side of things. So all of the short films I've made have very little dialogue, but so much of like communication is nonverbal anyways, right? Like you get, you pick up so much. So that's what I like to do with actors is that you can, um, you're communicating just in a completely different level with the audience. And yeah, that's like something else that some people commented to. It's like this actually, there's like literally no lines, but it was like still well done. Also, I, I just thought like it's in a survival situation, like, He's also alone. Who is he going to talk to other than the the snow trooper? Um, but yeah. It seems like it would be a tall order creatively to try to write dialogue for a Star Wars film as well. I oh, feel people like, do it, though. I, I know they do. <laughs> but I just feel like there's... And they do it way too much. Yeah. <laughs> there's just there's just no winning. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of a I mean? crutch, too, because anytime in a film it's something is compensating, it's because they weren't able to like do something else really well necessarily. And I don't want to like hate on... I think genuinely like... There are some other decent... Uh, fan films, yeah, like, yeah, but a lot of them 
the most egregious thing I find in a lot of Star Wars fan films is the dialogue. Mm. And and it's just like people who are kind of weak actors, right? And yeah. and so it's it's and I, don't, I don't know the Star Wars fan film scene that well, but is there a sense that it's like a lot of that dialogue is also just exposition? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's, it doesn't even need to be yeah, in, exactly. in there yeah. in the first place. Yeah. That's that's a big problem when people like try to write. They don't think of subtext. They don't think of like all that stuff. They just they tell the news. They don't like tell a story. So it's like, yeah. oh, we got to go to here because we got to do this. And, you know, and then, oh, my God, you're my father. Sounds just like the uh, sequel trilogy. <laughs> Exposition dump dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's where. So, for example, like in like a case could have been in even one of the the newer trilogy is that they shot something and then they edited it and they were like, this makes absolutely no sense. We need to throw in some, we need to go back and reshoot this scene and add in some exposition to explain. I, I really felt like sort of as a writer, anybody watching mm-hmm. the Star Wars sequel trilogy, you could really see the seams. And yeah. it's like, this is not quite fitting together properly. Yeah. There's some, there's some bad flaws. It's like boom mics constantly coming into frame or something. It's just like, ooh. Yeah. It's like a Monty Python film or something. <laughs> but not on purpose. That'd actually be funny to see a Star Wars version of oh, like yeah. Monty Python. Yeah. That yeah. would be great. Uh, so, like, I'm just curious. Is there anything um, in terms of filming specifically like the star wars genre as opposed to any other film is there like a specific challenge that it presented as opposed to you know war is hell or any of your other films um i think films just period or can be really challenging depending on what it is a lot of our films are like uh historical or you know in like we don't do like a a film where it's like, you know, two people in a coffee shop or like in an apartment, we want to kind of give people an elevated experience, more like high concept content. Obviously we can't do it on a massive budget. So we try to like kind of make our sandbox and just play in it, but do the story really well. So star Wars, um, you really like got to try to nail down. I think the costumes really well. Um, cause there's a lot of like cosplay stuff out there, but you can tell when like, something is not lived in you know i definitely wanted to ask about the the costumes yeah. which look very good and of course mm-hmm. the costumes are huge. yeah the costumes are probably one of the best things of the film they look so legit where'd yeah. you get them yeah, and that's so. like the, the same thing for all the star wars right is that yeah having but then there's a second layer that i really appreciate about the star wars costumes that like mm-hmm. Bosk's outfit, I think, was just yeah. a random repurposed pilot uh, yeah. <laughs> costume from another film on the lot. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of weird stuff like that. Are there any... All the guns s- are World War II guns. That <laughs> exactly. <I didn't> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so are there any funny stories like that with, with uh, how you did your costumes? Because I imagine you actually yeah. sourced it. You j- didn't just get some cosplaying kit off eBay. So the... Um... Or Etsy, I suppose. <laughs> The, I built the, uh, so the binoculars I built myself. Um, so our younger brother, Daniel, he's like a production designer that he does a lot in costumes and props, but he wasn't here with us. So I've worked with him for on quite a few of our projects. And so I kind of had the technique down. So I built the binoculars myself. Um, the helmet was a kit that they're probably the most well-known like guys who build, um, like helmets for rebels or imperials like they build for like 
like um the 501st right the um the group yeah the 501st is a costume club yeah but they're like and this is like, like a legit. cost a cost they're not like just company. some cosplay people they're like they're pretty they get pretty bang on with like movie yeah it has references. to be absolutely screen accurate so they're and then the storm the sorry the snow trooper costume was a 501st member who donated his um precious precious and they're really rare snow yeah, trooper costumes and they're probably expensive it's very expensive yeah. to put together so he man he was such a saint. It was a snow trooper right snow trooper yeah right. yeah um everyone does like uh storm troopers but snow troopers are pretty rare you know uh dengar yes the yeah. bounty hunter his uh also another costume story is that the reason he has the costume he does is it was yeah. just another random thing sure. left over they yeah. didn't know what to put them in they're like put a, put a coat of grace uh, spray paint on it and then of course in the backstory dengar was like a, an imperial sniper and yeah had this grudge against the empire yeah it just goes crazy um so yeah that costume it was like we were getting really close to our day with date when we were starting to roll the camera and we did not have a snowtrooper costume so i was like madly on like Star Wars forums um, in Alberta. And I was like, yo, like I, does anyone have a snow trooper costume? And he, um, the owner like uh, messaged me. He's like, yeah, I think I could loan it to you guys for like the shoot. And he came out on the shoot too. And um, we also broke his costume like <laughs> many times because it was so cold. Oh, oh, he was such a saint. He would like fix it. And he even like, um, gave us he had like multiple blasters and he was like yeah. gave us like a, a one to throw around and like a more screen accurate one and yeah um so the movie would not have been possible without him so that was like a big thing yeah that's that's, that's sort of like an interesting dynamic of even being kind of an indie filmmaker right mm-hmm. is you really have to scrap to get to get all the the stuff you need yeah. t- especially in terms of props and mm-hmm. especially if you're trying to do a uh, a brand mm-hmm. um, that's already very established. Yeah. You know, you want to so try and be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, it it really takes a lot of effort and mm-hmm. and drive to do that. So kudos. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any anyone else want? Um, <clears throat> just on the music front, um, at some point mm-hmm. I want to do a special on music and Star Wars, but that'll be fun. The music that you chose, did you you choose all the music for? Yes. For Rebel Scum. Do you want to talk yeah. a little bit about? what your choices were and why and yeah yeah so um it was uh gustav holtz is a composer and he has like a his most well-known orchestration is the planets um you might recognize it from uh gladiator you know that like you know like it's a famous gladiator bit they got sued because they like they didn't actually like try to get licensing he just is it not in the public domain no, but the orchestration rights is still is in public domain, oh, okay. I believe. Yeah. So, anyways, they tried to sneak one past whoever owns the rights to the planets, and but anyways, so the whole okay. So you asked when did this idea come from? I heard one of Gustav Gustav Holt's songs on the radio, and I was like, this sounds a lot like Star Wars, but it's not Star Wars. And then I was like, why not make a Star Wars film? Okay, another thing that sets. It's uh, all like dominoes. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Another <laughs> thing that sets like um, Star Wars films apart is the music too. Because nothing that John Williams score 
it's just so so Star Wars. You need that grand orchestration. So um, I was like fortunate to have heard of the planet and then try to pair that together with like our version of a Star Wars film. So it sounds that I think really helped sell the Star Wars feel too was the music that we used, and we just paid for like the um, the orchestration rights or the the recording, you know. Yeah. For it, yeah. You like licensed it. Yeah, yeah. so we could actually use Star Wars. So Star Wars the music and we didn't have to like because that's another thing that kind of is really tough is that when you're on a really low budget, people like try to they do the music themselves or but yeah. to, to, you can't be like a full orchestra, the real sound, it's really tough. So right. yeah. So the music itself almost inspired the entire film. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. 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 It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there any other like um, lore or mythos that you really drew upon in mm-hmm. that film specifically? Like what was kind of your inspiration specifically within the Star Wars universe? What what was your inspiration for that film? Yeah. Um, it's when you watch Empire Strikes Back and you see like the rebels leaving and you know that there's like a group of rebels who stayed behind to let them go. That's like such a cool story. I think like, you know, the man who was left behind um there's a there's a marvel star wars story okay in the comic books where that's what what, what happened to wedge antilles immediately yeah, yeah after hoth was he was he got stuck letting letting people go and so yeah. there's like this sort of survival story nice. of like him versus the elements and then yeah. him versus some space pirates yeah that's great <laughs> pays <laughs> off that premise but it, it's a great example of how many moments there are yeah. in the Star Wars universe and like how alive it is because mm-hmm. you can ma- automatically make like 700 great stories just from that premise of the yeah. guys who stayed behind on yeah. Hoth, right? Yeah. And that happens a lot, right? Like they talk about the Death Star puns. I made a whole movie on that. You know, you talk yeah. about the Bothan spies. Um, hopefully maybe we'll see something come of that, right? But yeah, yeah. These throwaway <laughs> lines turn Bothan into these like... nether rot. <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's came what, of That's it. what happened. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, you could take these little snapshots and like build such a big story on just like yeah, a, a throwaway yeah. line, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, tell us more about your inspiration on that front. Like why why yeah. it was just the environment. Like okay, we'll do Hoth. Cause yeah, like, Hoth know. was cool. Um, I always you know thought about those poor souls who um, got left behind, lost their lives to the Empire. <laughs> or you mean or, terrorists that were justifiably uh, yeah, those <laughs> rebels. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. We built it off the line to rebel scum and we thought it'd be like interesting to tell a story. Why it is the Imperial, the Imperial's viewpoint of why these guys are so dirty. Right. Cause maybe some of them are really dirty, you know, <laughs> are like, if you, dirty I, I, I won't spoil the film, but if you watch it, you'll kind of see why, like it lives up to its name, rebel scum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it was just kind of a story of like basically a soldier who, you know, was left behind in a war and is trying to get home. I mean, it's not like not like that story had never been told before. It's just completely original because it's not. But. No, but it is cool because you're you're sort of, you're meshing almost like a war film mm-hmm. and a Star Wars within like the Star Wars universe, which I think is... is <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, another reason why I love Rogue One. Yeah. But you did it first. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> they oh. probably stole the idea from you. <laughs> well, there was... A, okay, in... Um, oh, what's the one in between? Uh... The Last Jedi? No, no, no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, The Last Jedi. Um, Those were not stop motion AT-ATs. <laughs> no, they were, they were not. But there's a line where 
Um, who's the um, that like that stormtrooper generally in Chrome? Phasma. Oh yeah, Captain yeah, Phasma. Captain Phasma. Yeah. Captain Phasma. So there's a line where, um, so they use that line "Rebel scum" a lot in that movie. And oh, there's a line, I don't even remember that. Yeah, there's yeah. a line where before she's killed. Um, it's one of the more cringy parts in the movie. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of a cringy. <laughs> the way moment. they use it is yeah. cringy, but they're they're obviously trying to lampoon off of like mm-hmm. I don't know if lampoon's the right word, but like mirror the use of the term rebel scum, which does come up in in the original yeah, trilogy. Yeah, but. exactly, and that's kind of what we built our short film off of. And then um, there's a line where she like her helmet's off, and then she says to Finn, "Like you rebel scum." Um, but it was almost like a mirrored exactly from our short film. So like you're saying the moment, but yeah, you know, Ryan like Johnson this. watched your film. And he's like <laughs> lifting. Well, hey, they stole enough from everything else. Why yeah. not? Hey, <laughs> also deep into the fan fiction universe. Honestly, I would not be surprised if they like pull content from what's out there. You know, interestingly enough, the current kind of like a side note the current marvel comics have been caught stealing fan built <laughs> um digital models and just using them in their comic books instead of actually putting art out it's actually really interesting wow. uh so they have been actually like i mean legally i don't know because you know you're you're, you're right yeah, yeah. If you're, you're if like, this really... is already our content in the first place. Right, exactly. So... But uh, <laughs> but it, there is a precedent. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Yeah, it, honestly, like... Since Kathleen Kennedy said that, um, <laughs> she said specifically that we're not taking any story beats from um, previous extended universe materials. <laughs> no comics, no <laughs> novels. We're making it all up. She said specifically they didn't have any content. <laughs> and, yeah. and when like literally one of the title characters from your movie, Ben Ben Solo, you just changed his last name because Luke's kid was named Ben. Yeah, yeah. Just cue the the Mari meme, uh, and that was a lie. <laughs> um, uh, Nothing uh, surprises me. About yeah, it, their writing process, and even even to that point, right? Like. Like there's yeah. a lot of production people on a Star Wars film, mm-hmm. right? They someone could have just oh, yeah. said, "Hey, the, it, it may not have even been this thing, the no, director, YouTube, right?" It was just yeah. saw, it's like, "Hey, let's do this little thing and and put it in there," mm-hmm. right? And the director is like, "Okay," uh, and and uh, you know that production person could have easily seen your film, and, and uh, your film I think has over two million views right mm-hmm. now, you yeah. know, so it. It's not like it's it, it would be that hard to find. Once yeah. this thing drops, it's gonna be like <laughs> two million and one. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but it kinda interesting. Some more conspiracy theories. Did uh <laughs> was did it Disney? Darth Binks, Darth Mickey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um tell us about the actors. <laughs> <laughs> so uh is this fine if I share it? You're yeah. Not, like, protecting for <laughs> identity. Ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Christian was. I don't know what is about to be revealed, but there are some very knowing, intimate looks. <laughs> oh, the uh, truth is, Christian played the free the female stormtrooper. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, that makeup is a uh, the makeup artist is a genius. Yeah. Wow. Set. And he still had his beard on, so it was all like. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, no, the two actors we had. Um, yeah, Andre and uh, Annie, and um, they were really great. Annie is uh, Christian's wife, now wife, 
but they met for the first time on our set and they that's fell in love. That's not true. I performed that the marriage. That is not true. She was wow. Full he officiated the wedding. Did you do it in Jedi regalia? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we identify as, as Jedi. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, great to work with them. Um, I think a lot of our projects, again, with just high concept content, it kind of drives the bar a little bit higher than normal. Like it's not just... Like I said, not just in a coffee shop comfortably. That's part of your elevator pitch, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. We drive, we really drive the bar a little bit higher <laughs> than normal. Um, so it's set, you know, it's on an ice field. It was minus 30. She was sitting in um, on ice for like, I don't know, 10, 12 hours, like just completely in that position. And but wow. when, when she got up, like the ice was just completely frozen <laughs> over her pants like it was just falling off in chunks um they were stiff like if you th- if you had like a pair of pants and you like got them wet and you threw them outside and they would just stand up like that's what they were like when she got out of costume did it ever become like sort of you had the thought maybe this is medically becoming a little bit dangerous somebody could I, get i think she was close to like hypothermia probably she was like it really suffered a lot but she did a she did an incredible job too i must say that's, that's, what, that's what makes good art is suffering it's pain that's right i was you gonna say have... are you like that german director who um like made Werner Herzog. Werner Her- is it was it Werner Her- herzog he made the movie about the uh the steamboat about the steamboat yeah, right crazy and he held his actors there at gunpoint is that <laughs> is that your style klaus kinski i think or was that the actor no no Werner herzog yeah was it Werner herzog yeah right. yeah 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 um yeah. did you hold them at gunpoint is what i'm asking to get her to do at that. a blaster point that's her blaster point. point incidentally yeah. acts in the mandalorian too <laughs> it right. all comes full circle the acquisition <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah uh it, it is kind of it actually in a weird way <clears throat> it almost adds like a dynamic to the acting right because oh, yeah. the conditions are so harsh you're you're actually almost not even acting yeah you know when you have to have that distress it's live suffering yeah <laughs> it's like live leaks just <laughs> raw pain are you a sith lord <laughs> maybe um, I'm, see I'm, I, I say that's kind of cheating if you rely on that as an actor though it helps you know? though you know if it it's real help. trauma that doesn't count <laughs> you're not acting that's why they yeah. call it acting <laughs> So like uh, You're cheating if you were traumatized. Jordan and Christian, they've all been in my films. Um, there's a legendary <laughs> one um, uh, that we did about the Lord of the Rings. So that might pique some of your fans' interest, <laughs> which is not released. But I don't know all... if anyone will ever discover that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Jordan was Legolas and Christian was Halfier for a brief moment. But you didn't really have the suffering too much. But Jordan, he literally was uh, on production for an entire year. And we had some pretty Was it bad. that long? Yeah, we filmed for wow. a whole year. Like it was every long, weekend yeah. for a year. They took a whole year of his life. <laughs> we did. We sapped it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, you know, it was fun. It was like a good learning experience. I almost wish I, I took more advantage to learn stuff while I was there. But whatever. Hindsight is 2020. Um, <laughs> uh, is there... Well, I admit, too, there was some bad days. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, you look back and you only remember like the good stuff anyways. So, yeah. 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 It, it's one of those things where even though like it's almost like you're you're almost proud of it because it was hard. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, you know, the reason people like run marathons and stuff, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just the payoff. Yeah. The payoff of doing something hard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry, I had a question here. Um, 
from like a filmmaking perspective, mm-hmm. uh, is there of all the Star Wars films that have been released, is there one that like just from in terms of the art of filmmaking, mm-hmm. is there one that like sticks out to you? Um, Empire Strikes Back is like my favorite of all time. And I think that one it's, it's good. Cause it kind of, I don't know, it, it gets dark and things get really interesting. Stakes are raised, you know? Um, yeah. You have that awesome cliffhanger moment at the end when Luke finds out his origin and yeah, I don't know. Also like George Lucas, he, um, this is a very old interview, but he said that he built star Wars. He wanted to just, he wanted, he only wanted to do the first one. This is not old Luke because this is like young. I'm full of ideas and hope. <laughs> not <laughs> jaded and billionaire. So he just wanted to make Star Wars to set the premise, set the stage. He just aliens. has a single hope. And one it's hope. new. Yeah, and it was new. <laughs> it's a novel hope. Yeah. So he did that. And then, but his whole desire was to like let other directors make other Star Wars movies to see their interpretation. Because he was like, maybe someone can do Star Wars better than I could. So you see that in like... Um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and I even really like Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Have you heard the story of George Lucas trying to hire David Lynch to direct The Empire Strikes Back? I don't know all the details, I think but that would have, that would have been, been insane. Amazing <laughs> <laughs> to see the David Lynch <laughs> version. Yeah. Sure. Darth Vader just melts into a clock at the end and falls it's, uh, off. Who was it that ended up directing Empire? I can't remember. Man, he leaves such a mark on the Star Wars universe and no one <laughs> even remembers his unknown. name. The unknown, un, unknown hero. He's, um... Yeah, it's like the best Star Wars film, pretty much. Interestingly, uh, yeah, da- Irving, Irvin um, Kushner. Yeah, he's like... he He's done some fairly big-name movies, although none come to mind because I'm not that much of a film buff. David Lynch did uh, then direct, I think it was even maybe later that year, the first Dune movie. Which is which was kind of a failure, though. It was a failure, but it's interesting. That's another cool tie-in to Star Wars is yeah. the first Dune movie that was made by a Spanish filmmaker called something Hodorowski. And there's Hodorowski's Dune. It's a documentary about it. But the first Dune, basically all the guys who worked in special effects and creature effects and wardrobe and stuff, a lot of them worked on Hodorowski's Dune and then they just their next gig was working on Star Wars. But because Hodorowski's never actually went into production, they just took a whole bunch of the set <laughs> sets and costumes and stuff from uh, Dune initially, which is also okay. super interesting because Dune is sort of bears a has put a signature into the Star Wars franchise. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have, uh, is there anything that you would like to see in like the future Star Wars films in terms of like, uh, storytelling or filmmaking? Hmm. <laughs> That's a big question. Cause I don't know. Um, it's is hard. there like a return to, or something new you would like to see? I would like to see. This is like why fans are so divided on all. Some people love the new stuff. Some people don't because some people, they just want like, give me what's familiar, you know, but also I think you have to tell a new story, but I would do it in like still a familiar way in a setting that people like, you know, 
I really value that kind of dystopian future where everything's falling apart. And I love that the Millennium Falcon is just in pieces. And it's just, it's a real like, I don't know. I think the new stuff is kind of just, it's very flashy. Also though, what's funny is like, I remember not liking necessarily episode one and I was hating on it and Phantom Menace. And then now I have a sense of nostalgia for it. Weirdly, you know, like... There's you, scenes that what, I... So what do you kind of feel about, like, the sequels, the prequels, and the original trilogy? Like, would you... How would you kind of rank them, for lack of a better word? Um, you don't have to do, like, you know... You could just say, like, obviously, if you said Empire's your favorite, you probably have mm-hmm. greater ties to the original trilogy. What's your favorite and, prequel? I think um, I would say... Rogue One and not because <laughs> I don't really didn't even still, go you didn't even wow. go that far back. Okay, if we're talking about like movies that are I zig and you zag. Oh, sorry, sorry, you said okay, prequel. Like before. Okay, okay. So that's how I'm gonna feel. Hold on. Christian's original question was like of the three trilogies, how would you rank Oh, them? of the three trilogy. Okay, so yeah. the trilogy by trilogy. Okay, yeah. so oh man. Okay, that's because there's some bad ones in the the prequels. Um, okay, clearly the originals first. <sighs> you know what? I would have to say the new ones are second and then the prequels because, you know, Attack of the Clones and I did like um, Revenge, of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith though. Yeah. So I don't know. There's good qualities. In but you you seem to be like all in all, you're part probably in the the. OG crew, original yes. trilogy crew, yeah. like that is that is Star Wars to you. I remember mm-hmm. you guys were really into the legend stuff even mm-hmm. back then. Like you knew, you know who Mara Jade was. You knew yeah. about Thrawn. You knew about all these like stories as they were coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like you said, that's the kind of stories you're familiar with. That falling apart, worn out galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's a cool like it's 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 a lived in world, um, and when things are that's what kind of makes it very believable because real life is grimy and gritty like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's like, there's, there's glimmers in the sequels that I do appreciate and I value, but like we're talking about, there's like, there was some really tragic storytelling and writing and just literal like disasters that (laughs) Disney was like trying to fix. Cause they, they, it's a, it's a tent pole movie, you know, like they have to put so much every single movie one i think was fell into that um yeah. production hell yeah, limbo yeah. of whenever productions change hands yeah it's disastrous. whenever directors or writers change hands mid-production yeah. you know there's and like no many, saving that film yeah basically. they went through so many directors too like it's so hard you have to let him kind of do his vision so like jj abrams was kind of like their repairman where he's just like needing yeah, from to fix colin it to... trevorrow who is supposed to do that yeah, who who yeah. first who is first supposed to do it was it jj abrams no it was trevorrow it, right like but, he was originally supposed to oh, do I rise see. of skywalker yeah mm-hmm. and so, then and so jj was was the repair, fix it yeah, man yeah. <laughs> to clean up that mess and even jj couldn't do it yeah and, and jj made his own mess too <laughs> some might argue <laughs> and they needed to make it very broad because they it's like they have to appeal to such a big market. So they're, they're trying to shove in everything and anything just to like please everyone. Like fans, new fans, yeah. people who have special interests. So it's literally putting shiny things in to get the toddlers <laughs> like Captain Phasma. I've never seen a more clear like native product placement in my life. It's like well, <laughs> I, I thought the, the craziest one, most obvious one was uh, um, uh, this, uh, what do you call it? Last Jedi. 
uh, with the uh, what do you call them? The little the little porgs. porgs? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like okay, that's clearly supposed to be like a toy. <laughs> yeah, there, there's like a huge. Um, it's so when they're structuring film financing, um, a major component is um, uh, it's like ancillary. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I might not be saying the word ancillary. right. Ancillary. Yeah, deals where like. Yeah. They'll get a massive amount of cash if they can make toys. They need so all like they're literally yeah, yeah they they take into all their marketing into account all and you, their and you can't sales unfortunately put a coke can in like a ghost yeah, right. Mary Poppins yeah. hand <laughs> in her and, deep uh, fake <laughs> have her deep fake drink a, a <laughs> Pepsi wouldn't make sense in Star Wars unless yeah. you wrote it in Orabesh. Well, and yeah. on that note too, mm-hmm. so I was <laughs> I was just doing. Uh, I got some Lego for my nephew for his birthday. I got him some Star Wars Lego. And uh, yeah. even just looking in in the aisle, I'm telling you, man, like 80 to 90% of it was all the old stuff. Mm. <laughs> and and like almost no new like uh, new Star Wars merchandise from like yeah. the new stuff. The wow. only one in the Lego section that I saw that was new Star Wars was the Mandalorian and, hmm. and the baby or the child. Interesting. Yeah, and like everything else was like all from the original, and there was mm-hmm. one from there was a uh, Obi Wan and Anakin uh, yeah. Lego set. But I just thought it was like, and I've noticed that quite a bit looking mm-hmm. at uh, like they can't even sell the merch from from like at least not the toys in the Lego. It seems like everyone just wants all the original toys in Lego still. I I do know a kid yeah. about our nephew's age though who does have a whole bunch of the. Uh, the whole new I'm Disney sure, yeah canon. yeah I'm sure there is I'm not sure how representative they <laughs> yeah, are of, yeah. of uh I'm just saying <laughs> it would be interesting though if they just had warehouses full of Kylo Ren yeah. that <laughs> nobody wants yeah a whole clone army yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe Disney should just do like a new Toy Story movie that's just with Star Wars <laughs> yeah <laughs> action figures <laughs> um, yeah yeah so uh, would you ever do another Star Wars project if you it like I don't know uh, who knows what the future would hold maybe you got a bunch of money for it or would you ever do it or just as a passion project would you ever yeah do it? totally yeah I I think I would do um, maybe the sequel to Rebels Gum because a lot of people yeah people have written stories about what happened afterwards like oh really? <laughs> yeah some, man I'd love to read some of that yeah people yeah. were like. Uh, emailing us and being asking for permission and they wrote all this the backstory of what happens and it's pretty cool like people like that's what's kind of cool is like they've actually absorbed it as canon for some people like they see this rebel pilot as a real character in star wars or this um the snow trooper so it would i think it'd be cool to explore like his what happens to him does he join the empire does he go home does he join the rebellion again yeah that's kind of a cool like even like a fan film breeding even more fan fiction, right? Yeah. Because the fan film itself is a form of fan fiction that yeah. you created. Like say yeah. hypothetically, if it created like a, a fan podcast, <laughs> and then the, the hypothetical listeners of that podcast, <laughs> then like l- listen to it and, and send fan fiction about you guys. Send fan fiction <laughs> where I'm Han Furry Solo. Art. Jordan's not Han Solo. <laughs> I'm supposed to be flying the Millennial Falcon. So, I came up with the name <laughs> just hypothetically. So in this Millennium Falcon, what are the roles? Who's, who's Han? Who's Chewie? Well, technically, I guess we have photographic evidence that Jordan's Han. So I just put whatever picture fit with the thing. This image doesn't even come out yet, but it's going to be a promotional piece that's coming out. 
Nice. Someone's a little bit burned, a little bit chafed about it, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, Hypothetically, also, that is. It's, not it's me. The was, millennial was, falcon. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just so. I really hope there's a large contingent of people who've like listened to every episode and thought that we were saying the Millennium Falcon the whole time <laughs> and we just blew their mind. Millennial Falcon. No, it's the Millennial Falcon. Yeah. There's your merch right there. Yeah. There's your, there's your branding. Um, actually. <laughs> yeah. It would be cool to do another one, I think. Yeah. Um, I also bought this. What if hypothetically. Somebody who did a fan podcast hypothetically talked to a guy who had a lot of money hypothetically swords and stuff. And Mm. and he's hypothetically making um, like a a character from the Tales of the Jedi, uh, their actual sword. (laughs) And hypothetically, I might have that soon. That is like a Tales of the Jedi fan film. It's like every cosplayer's dream to be like. Because they're already dancing. Have like, their stuff. In they're a doing their cloth. stuff at cosplay. They're living their dreams. So if they were in a Star Wars movie, that would be like um, a dream come true for them. Yeah. It would be like, you know, people who... The entire 501st. Yeah. 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 Um, so are you working on any new projects right now? We are, yeah. We have a few projects in development. Oh, a few. Not <laughs> Star Wars, but yeah. Um, yeah, we have a few going. You don't so. only do exclusively Star Wars is what no, you're saying? No, no. Okay. That, that was another thing when this came out. People assumed that we were <laughs> that you're Star just Wars fans. Uber Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah, they're just like and that's Star Wars fans who are just kind of really good at this. But um, <laughs> No, they're as nerdy as you imagine. It's just not about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's about yeah. film in general. Yeah, but film in general. They are that nerdy, though. Um, but we kind of right away got... How many inhalers do you own? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> um, <laughs> One yeah. for every fanny pack for every day of the week. Yeah, for every hour of the day. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a few other projects going on. It's not Star Wars related. Um, the Rebel Scum was really uh, an inner nerd surge that just <laughs> came to the surface. Um, but yeah, that's what we're we're doing. Is there anything you can talk about? Or do you like to keep it kind of under wraps until you have your reveals? Uh, we just have to keep it under wraps for now because um, they're just in development, but um, more can be revealed. We do have a website. Our production company is Blood Brothers Cinema. You can find us on Facebook or our website, and that's probably the best way if people are interested. And you have a YouTube channel. And YouTube, yeah. Where you can watch <laughs> Two Rebel Scum. <laughs> to see Rebel Scum. If you haven't seen Rebel Scum, What's watch What's your it. YouTube channel? Uh, Blood Brother Cinema. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, just search. Probably even if you Google search you, uh, Rebel Scum, it'll yeah, come up. It'll come up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else you want to plug there? Or is that, that about it? Um, subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure you already do. <laughs> yeah. We're not holding him at Blaster Point to say that. <laughs> it, uh, if, if you're a big fan of us and a big fan of Rebel Scum, in the comments, you should write. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some special sort of Easter egg, like, because then you know, yeah, you're like you listen. And you, you the Empire hear. did nothing wrong. <laughs> That's what you should write. The Empire did nothing wrong in the comments. Make the Empire great again. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll know. We'll know where you, where you're at. We'll know you're true. You got nerd cred. <laughs> yep. cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Tim. Thank this you for having awesome. me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Fun.
Thanks for flying with us. We are interested to hear from you. You can reach us at starlorspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, comments, or corrections. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating, review, and subscribe. You can also help us out through our Patreon at the Star Lords Podcast. Find us on Instagram, the Star Lords Podcast, on Facebook at the Star Lords Podcast, on Twitter at the Star Lords Podcast, and on YouTube, Star Lords Podcast. We'll catch you next time.